It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. Tonight is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. It's week 13. Dave, start me up. Mm. Hey, remember that's wine? Don't want to chug it? I want to drink it like it's wine? That's up to you, really. That's what I'm saying. It's (laughs) up to me how I drink it, and I want to drink it that way. Oh. All right, Dave, we got two weeks left in the fantasy season. Are you eliminated anywhere? Well, you, you know, I play in, in a lot of leagues uh, each season. So, uh, right. of course, I'm not going to make the playoffs in every single one of them. Uh, but do you still have a chance? I think currently there's two leagues out of like 10 that, uh, that I don't believe I have a chance in. You're in 10 leagues? You're an absolute madman. Something like that. <laughs> You're crazy. It was between... Five and twelve for the past fifteen years, right? So, something like that. Fifteen yeah. years, twenty years—I don't even know anymore. Uh, Fifteen sounds more likely. Okay. I don't know. What, what? When do we first start playing fantasy? I believe I started playing fantasy in two thousand and seven. Okay. Fantasy football. I played fantasy baseball for a couple of years before that. So I know uh, I started playing in a league. When uh, I was in a particular job um, in 2009, so maybe mm-hmm. you were a couple years before. Maybe I maybe I was one year before you, so maybe like 08. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was back in the day. That was when you know a friend called you and said, "Hey, uh, we we have an open spot in this fantasy football league," and you're like, "Oh, I've heard of that. Why don't I try it?" And nowadays, like we're creating leagues and running them, so we've come a long way. As they say. Um, so, what what do you have in front of you that you're drinking? It looks like the same thing that I'm drinking. Today, uh, we just finished up dinner. I think this is a rosé. Uh, it may or may not be from a local winery here in Illinois. There's okay. not that many of those wineries in, uh, especially... Uh, it, it is from a local winery. <laughs> especially in... in I North, looked at the bottle. Northern Illinois. But we don't have to, you know... No free ads. Yeah, well, <laughs> this this particular one's not going to sponsor us, regardless. Okay. So. Uh, from Maple Park, uh, Illinois, which is uh, an interesting little town. And if you're listening, you know who you are, and you want to send us free wine. Well, then just hit us up on Twitter. But uh, but rosé is uh, an interesting wine. It's uh, it's sort of uh, balancing in between the the reds and the whites, and uh, sort of acts as a foil to a lot of. Spicy food or food with a lot of flavor. So I thought it was good tonight. We had some salmon and uh, a warm pasta salad. Yeah, it was a delicious dinner as usual. Thank you so much for making that happen. Yeah, and uh, talking in general, and I'm sure we'll have some more beers that we can pour and talk about during the show. Yeah. But in general, on the fantasy season, so we talk about this quite often, and a lot of times we come across things that uh, change from season to season, uh, maybe uh, for for a couple of years in a row, for example, uh, drafting wide receivers really high and ignoring the running backs is a good option. It seems like this year in particular, uh, a lot of the, the better running backs that you may have taken uh, could have propelled you to, to victory here. Especially, you're talking about like maybe guys who are at the top of the ADP? Yeah, so uh, in the top 10, there's probably five or six of those guys that are still performing well. Um, I and, think that you're right. And and wide receivers uh, certainly uh, have a little more variability this year uh, than than usual, perhaps. And I think a lot of that has to do with normally when we talk about the, the curve that, that occurs, uh, we see the running backs get injured earlier in the season, and then the wide receivers are sort of still going strong, or mm-hmm. only a couple of them have been injured during mm-hmm. that time. Whereas this, it, it feels like a lot of the, the running backs uh, are still going. Yeah, so of, um, say, the top 11, um, based on the ADP in, we'll say, half PPR scoring, you've got Jonathan Taylor, who was out a couple weeks, but when he's playing, he's um, he's fine. He's not, like, first overall good. Christian McCaffrey has certainly turned in some amazing games. Derrick Henry's great. Uh, Austin Eckler's great. Um, Joe Mixon's great kind of skipping around now Saquon Barkley Nick Chubb uh round out the top 12 um you know you had DeAndre Swift who was a bust um how would you grade Najee Harris as a Steelers fan and as someone who plays fantasy football 
is he a bust as a you know eighth overall sixth overall sixth running back eighth overall type of pick uh he's doing better than jonathan taylor jason okay fair enough so the answer is uh, uh just a little bit lower than expectations but both of those players uh, are still players that uh, you are starting and most teams uh, if they are healthy and uh, and you haven't like acquired someone else specifically um, and Harris actually uh, seems to have come on a lot stronger towards the end of the season a lot of that has to do with the fact that their their quarterback is is brand new so uh, you, you would think there'd be some growing pains there. But yeah, as far as uh, overall half PPR running back rankings, uh, Fantasy Pros leaders board has Najee Harris at 20 and Jonathan Taylor at 21. All right. Um, so any other thoughts on, you know, general thoughts on the fantasy season so far? Or do you want to jump into our topic of the evening? No, I wanted to talk a little bit more about what what you think is different this year or uh, has occurred that has changed okay. things. Uh, a lot of uh, what what I think has happened this year that's a little different uh, is because they are focusing even more on uh, brain injuries, um, which is definitely a more impactful phrase than concussion, um, uh, which seems to be used more and more in the NFL in the dialogue that they that they bring out. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of players that are out for for two or three weeks. Uh, instead of one week, and a lot of players that are being taken off the field that otherwise wouldn't have uh, for oversight. And although it's not great for us as uh, fantasy team managers, uh, I, I certainly respect that they're trying to um, make all of that go a little bit further than they had previously. Um, I know that, that these things can't be perfect. We're playing a violent game, but are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, and I certainly agree with the sentiment that you know, you don't like to see it as a fantasy manager, but, you know, for the long-term health of the game, um, to speaking very utilitarian, and, you know, as a person, for the long-term health of these people playing the game, it's very important that they take these things very seriously. Um, I, I still don't think that they know a lot of the science, and I'm coming from that, not, not saying, like, um, you know, do your own research type of, opinion i'm saying like i think it's probably worse than they're letting on or at least it's probably worse than they think it is you know if if when they can finally study these guys brains after they die and like nearly every single one of them has cte like it seems like the kind of thing that's going to happen to the vast majority of the players and they're going to deteriorate mentally uh near the end of their life well sure and all these and all I don't these, these guys understand that sort of um trade-off all these terms and acronyms are are not really describing specifics anyway and and you know they're, they're just describing bad things happening to brain <laughs> yes so i mean if you don't want to use the acronym chronic traumatic encephalopathy just sounds really bad i don't want that sure but, but even that, it's not very specific. It's just like, uh, clearly bad things have happened to this person, which are causing like actual psychological and, and mental changes. And uh, I don't want to get into you know what, what they could do that would be aggressively impactful to the game of fantasy football. I'm just saying that this does modify the way that we think about what happens when a player gets a concussion in a football game. As a fantasy football uh, team manager that rosters that player, you now have to think of, you know, maybe they're going to be out for three weeks. Maybe they're never going to come back in. Um, you know, what what players are maybe less likely to suffer those kinds of injuries based on their position um, uh, and, and based on their play style. So if you have somebody who uh, who is just reckless and smashes into people, isn't it more likely that, that they are going to come out of the game more often, go into the blue tent more often, be out of the game more often? You probably shouldn't draft Absolutely. those players on your fantasy team yeah but they also have like you know the, the 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 brightest stars that shine twice as bright for half the time well you know and we talk about <laughs> can con- you take that gamble and start them for five weeks and trade them off yeah you well never know. you never know when when someone's going to be out for a while but yeah i'm just thinking those george kittles that slam their heads into brick walls before a football game uh i love those guys and i love the sentiment but perhaps we think about not drafting them as fantasy football team managers because more consistently we're going to see those players not playing for us. They play recklessly, yeah, as and, you were saying. And then because of the rules that are out there now, uh, that's going to impact 
uh, the opportunities for them to gain fantasy points. Yeah. Um, so going with your trend of like uh, with your topic of what what sort of trends have you seen this year? One thing that uh, I notice year to year is that at the beginning of the year, the running backs really turn in good performances fantasy wise. Mm-hmm. This is akin to what you were talking about earlier. Yep. And then later in the year, the wide receivers are turning in the better performances. Um, or I'm sorry, it's reverse. It's wide receivers start out strong, running backs finish strong. Whoever's left at running back, generally. We just happen to have all of the good players left at running back. But this trend doesn't seem to be holding this year because running backs are strong all year long, and it's the wide receivers who are very hit and miss. The top end of wide receivers is very much like Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams, and that's about all you get. You know, Jamar Chase is a guy who probably. I'm sure Stephon Diggs is in there, right? Because he's the number one. Stephon Diggs isn't, yeah, but he's not producing at that level of those other guys. I think he's the number one wide receiver. Is he? I think so. Um, Yep. 207 points. It goes Diggs, Jefferson, Adams, Hill, Cup. So, like, I mean, those are. Those are probably. Well, the the drop off to Cup is huge. That's 30 points. That's 20% uh, drop off almost. Um,. But those guys are all top ADPs, I think. What, but what you're saying too is that, uh, in general, uh, the the points that they're scoring uh, right now is a lot higher for those running backs in half PPR than it mm-hmm. is in wide receiver, mm-hmm. because uh, they're getting all these opportunities uh, as a receiver. I suppose Eckler, it's more mixed this Jacobs, year. Jacobs, yeah. uh, uh, Chubb, and Barkley, and McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, even they all get uh, they all get backfield passes. Yeah. So is it is it the case that that those running backs are just like literally slash players? They they play both positions. Austin Eckler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the best guys are Joe Mixon, Tony Pollard, Jamal Williams. They all catch passes and and run. Even Josh Jacobs this year has been catching way more passes than he has in the past. You know, six fifteen catches in the last three games. Um. So. That, you know, that's a trend that we like to pick up on every year uh, in order to try and plan ahead for your team and try and require people and stuff that did not work out this year. That it is not, you know, that is not the trend for this year. Yeah, so uh, towards the end of the season, we normally will recap that and take a look and see what those uh, stats actually uh, meant, uh, if there is any uh, truth to those curves, as as uh, we, we mentioned, for running back, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, try not to pay too much attention to the tight end position, uh, because it is too variable. It's Travis Kelsey, and then everyone else. Well. It is. No, that one it is. <laughs> Do you want the numbers there? They're astoundingly unbalanced. Travis Kelsey is 202 points. The next highest player is Mark Andrews with 118. Like, it is just, you know, Travis Kelsey's averaging 18.4 points a game. Mark Andrews is averaging just under 12. Well, I, I mean, it's understandable on, on Mahomes' team, though, because you get rid of Tyreek Hill, you don't have any receiver to throw the ball to, so where, where does it go? It's true. No, I mean, but there, there's no one else who's, like, the focus of their offense at, at the tight end position now. Yeah which was the case a few years ago. So, yeah. I mean, hell, the third and fourth, the fourth and fifth highest scoring tight ends are both on IR. And they weren't on IR, you know, they were on IR before this week. When you would think that that would happen more often because the tight ends do a lot of blocking. Um, the best tight ends are also excellent blockers and, and tacklers and everything else um, because they're, they're they're built to be that way, but they uh, are required in those plays that they are not going out for passes yeah. uh, to be blocking for the the run or uh, to be pass protecting for the quarterback. Yeah, and sometimes the best tight ends are bad quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, let's talk about uh, some uh, starts and sits. So, what's the format for today's show? We're gonna do two starts and a sit. So basically. Looks like what we did was, I know what I did, is I looked at your rankings and I went beyond where the traditional, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 like running backs or wide receivers or 10 quarterbacks that you know you're going to start would be. And I started drawing from the group below that uh, and deciding, you know, who I wanted to start. So we each picked two players that we like to start that are not going to be your traditional kind of start. Maybe it's a dart throw. Maybe it's a guy that you picked up on waivers. Maybe it's just, you know, 
you're thin at a certain position or you're suffering from bye weeks and you need to throw someone in. But it's a couple of guys each that we want to start and one person who, you know, is at starter level that we want to sit or, or is perceived to be at starter level. Okay. All right, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so A.J. Dillon running back from Green Bay uh, playing Chicago this week at Chicago. He. This is your... Sit or start? We're starting with the starts, yes? That's a good place to start. <laughs> so uh, so these, these are guys to start. Uh, we're going to go through two each and then talk about the players to sit. Uh, just one each after that. Ooh. So A.J. Dillon running back for Green Bay playing at Chicago this particular week after uh, a very middling season, one that was not filled with a lot of, uh, of hoorahs for A.J. Dillon. Uh, he put up 16 fantasy points, including his first touchdown since week one last week. He's averaging 12 touches per game across the entire season, and he's pretty consistent about that, some more, some less, uh, but about 12 per game. So that's enough to have an opportunity to do well. But the Packers have not been playing well in general over the first half of the year. And so, uh, obviously, you, you have that that curvature which uh, you simply have to match the world spins around right we spin around with it so AJ Dillon has not been very good over the first half of the year uh, neither have any of the the receivers on that team neither has anyone on that team over the first half of the year but the emergence of Christian Watson uh, rookie wide receiver uh, in week 10 has attracted defensive attention away from the line of scrimmage I think that should be a plus for Dillon in the passing game going forward. There's one caveat here. So if you've watched the game last week, we saw Dylan move to the sideline in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It looked like he had a foot or ankle injury. Then he practiced today. He was marked as a limited participant in practice, but uh, he was marked with a quad injury. Um, that quad injury, according to sideline reporters, beat reporters for the Green Bay Packers, is not one that prevented him from moving and doing everything he needed to do during today's practice. So I really don't think he's injured. Uh, he just whatever rolled up on an ankle or something sure yeah like if you go from foot usual to... football player like he needs to take a seat <laughs> but you go from like foot to ankle to leg to quad to like you <laughs> it's know, not so... traveling up your leg soon it's just a headache and that's what we're hoping for <laughs> but not a concussion no <laughs> a brain injury I, I just hope that there aren't additional tents set up on the sidelines with blue tents enough we don't need like a red tent a green tent we don't even know what those are for uh what would not, the orange tent mean not interested gatorade tent okay uh, so it doesn't seem like a serious injury and doesn't seem like it'll keep him out of the lineup, but certainly something to pay attention to. A lot of people are down on Dylan so far this season. And I mean, he's only scored enough fantasy points to be RB 34 on the year. But as we mentioned earlier, a lot of the running backs have been scoring a ton of points. And so when you look at those running backs, they are still scoring points. Uh, just as a, as a group, they seem to be doing better this year. And we can check the math on that in later podcasts. Uh, this year than they have in previous years. Yeah, uh, He had a preseason ADP of RB24. So, uh, performing at 34, drafted at 24, obviously as a, a someone rostering A.J. Dillon, you're not going to be happy about That's a sixth round pick. his performance. Not Yeah, not what you want. He's a, um, he's a free agent right now in Drink 5. So that's silly, uh, but but drink well, five. Well, you can have him. Drink five is a <laughs> is a small roster, ten team league, so it's not very deep. Sure. Uh, all that said, Chicago's defense has looked very fragile since trading a bunch of components and suffering a ton of injuries over the past few weeks on both sides of the ball. Darnell Mooney out for the season, Khalil Herbert out for a long time, Justin Fields with the AC joint. Those are the offensive players. In last week's game, the Bears had five total players leave the game due to injury, including both the safeties Eddie Jackson and Dane Cruikshank, and other members of the secondary are still going through concussion protocol from previous weeks. So they basically had nobody out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and after letting Mike White and the rookie undrafted free agent Zonovan Knight uh, light up the stadium, I would toss some bets in the direction now of any and all reasonably able-bodied offensive players on the Packers <laughs> that are in line for opportunities to score fantasy points. Now, the Bears have given up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing running backs so far this season. That's a stat that has increased over the, ra- the last few weeks. I find it very easy to believe that Dylan, someone that people are forgetting about, and as you mentioned, dropping in leagues. Uh, Can I give you a rundown of his history really quick? I find it really easy to believe that he has another one of the best games of the season this week. 
drafted 50 overall, 510, uh, in our draft, cut on October 26th, claimed about a week and a half later by the same team who cut him. Yeah. And then cut 15 days ago. Kept him on the team for two weeks. Yeah. Um, we, we could maybe get a comment from the peanut gallery on that one, but I think we can just move on. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody here just cut A.J. Dillon recently. Got it. Got and it. spent money on A.J. Dillon after cutting A.J. Dillon and then cut him again. That's unfortunate. Well, but you it, know. But it makes sense because it seems like that player is like going to do well, right? No? Yeah. Okay. But that you, person has a better record than me, so I better not throw too many stones. So I, I think that one of his best games, the, and you, <laughs> in in quotes here, right, um, of the of the season, equates to about fifteen fantasy points. Now, fifteen fantasy points makes him a solid RB two in this matchup in half PPR leagues. And I know that Aaron Rodgers has a thumb fracture. I know he has a rib issue. But if he plays injured, or if he doesn't play at all, that might actually end up helping Dylan and the Packers' rushing game in general. So I don't care if, if Rodgers plays. I don't care if Rodgers doesn't play. I don't care if Rodgers plays injured, if he is healthy. None of that matters to me. The point is that uh, that the Packers should be able to run on the Bears. Christian Watson is an element that is allowing that offense to stretch the field. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. The, the running game needs to be feared uh, again on the Packers. They have really good running backs. They do. And it, you're going to see it this week. Okay. I, I agree with you. I, I agree with this start. I don't have him in a league where I need to start him. In this league where he is a free agent, I have Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey. That's great. So I'm just going to start those guys and, you know, probably get eliminated from the playoffs this week. But, you know, well, that's a different story. Anything can happen as long as you're uh, starting, you know, your optimum lineup. The trouble is I'm starting Brandon Ayuk, Traylon Burks, and Keenan Allen at wide receiver. That's not that bad, my friend. It's not that good either. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but those guys all have upside, so, you know. True. You never know. I just need two different teams to lose out and for me to outscore them by, like, 60 points. Yeah. Well, and you then ha- I'll make the playoffs. You have an out. It's just not very uh, – Oh, it's, a, you know, it's, it's, it's runner-runner is what it is. <laughs> Okay, so Kyron Williams, running back of the Rams, is going to be at home against Seattle. So Williams was the Rams' fifth-round pick in this year's draft. He hasn't seen the field very much until last week. He had 14 touches against Kansas City in a game that the Rams were never really in it. They scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it, you know, as their only touchdown of the game. So those 14 touches that Williams had doubled his season total. He'd only appeared in two other previous games where he had touches. He had appeared on special teams in a couple other games. What I do like to see is that in week 12, last week, Williams was on the field for 70% of the offensive snaps. He really only has Cam Akers to sort of compete with him. He out-touched Cam Akers last week. He was targeted in the passing game three times. He reeled in all three catches. Love to see it. Yeah, that's good. I'm not necessarily saying that you're going to start him over some of the studs, uh, over some of the no-brainers that you have in your lineup. I'm not putting him in ahead of Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey. But if you're stuck with bye weeks or you're struggling to fill your lineup in a race to make the playoffs, then Williams is a good fill-in for a missing RB2 or a missing flex spot that you need to fill in for this week. He is rostered at only 43% of Flea Flicker Leagues, and he has a great matchup this week against the Seahawks. They are giving up the third most points to opposing running backs. Last week, they got beat up by Josh Jacobs, who scored 45 points against them. Check out my column if you want uh, some fun breakdown information on Jacobs, including the fact that he would be the RB16 on the week uh, if it only contained his very last touch of the game. Did you say the third most points? Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. In Flea Flicker, it's the second most points. In Yahoo, it's the third most points. Well. You know, it's always just when people say that. Different. I figure it's sort of what they said. It's 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 close <laughs> to that. They're giving up a ton of points. Yeah, they're giving up four other twenty point performances aside from Josh Jacobs's forty five, and double digit points. They've given up to eleven total players this year. That's an average of one per week, one per game. So, four. with Kyron as the like main focus of the Rams' backfield, Seattle being terrible. At pass defense, at, at rush defense, I think that Kyron Williams is really setting up for a decent spot start here. Now, if he is going to see usage like he did in Week 12, I think that he'll turn it in, into a serviceable back. What's going to happen is 
If you pick him up, you're going to like the matchups for the rest of the year. All of the teams that he's playing are giving up top 10 points to opposing running backs. You could do a lot worse than Williams, especially if, you know, you're kind of looking for depth. So I realize this reads a little bit like a start, a really, little bit like a waiver wire recommendation, but Kyron Williams was the RB35 according to your rankings, which in most situations is not someone who you're going to be starting. But I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to start Kyron Williams over Latavius Murray in my league where I own them both, roster them both, and I'm in the playoff hunt. So Murray is ranked 23 on your rankings. Williams is ranked 35. I think that that's a big gap. You know, even Murray isn't necessarily a, a foregone conclusion that you're going to want to start him based on a 35 ranking or a 23 ranking. But I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to bench Latavius Murray. wish I could share my screen with everyone right now so they could see that I'm really doing it. But you wouldn't have any proof unless. Well, uh, you know, you can still you can still change it. I can it. still change it back. Maybe I will <laughs> take a screenshot of it after the games start at 3.05. Those are my rankings right now. The rankings obviously change throughout the week. <coughs> of course. Uh, but uh, We can only do a snapshot of when we do the, dra- the podcast. Yes. Ky- Kyron Williams and uh and latavius murray yeah so So, i'm gonna go with kyron williams this week you know he got a lot of touches on the rams the rams are in shambles they don't have any focus on their offense if they can focus on this guy even if they can give him 15 to 20 touches in a game like you're not going to get that from a lot of flex players so that's just a good place to start, and they have a great matchup. They play for the rest of the season teams that are bad against the run. Yeah. F- FYI, Latavius Murray uh, in the ECR is at like 30. I just happen to think that the guy kind of wants to 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 like get rid of all of the – uh, like the juice he has remaining, he's just he's, he's just gonna give it to the Broncos. He feels like uh, it's like this is my last opportunity to be to get like another veteran contract. Yeah, for to one be more a year. starting running back, like and get that last thing. Like that's that's how get I get one feel. more last payday. That's how I feel about Latavius because he's. You know, I respect that. I hope he can make he that bounces happen. around. Yeah, but he is on the Broncos, which is an issue. He is on the Broncos, and they play Baltimore this week, which makes it an easier decision for me to not. Start him because the Broncos are giving up the, or I'm sorry, the Ravens are giving up the fifth fewest points to opposing yeah. running backs. Uh, well, I just, I just, I, I'm a big fan of playing matchups. I wanted to make sure I knew what you were saying because I just tweeted it out there. Um, so that's basically official then. Yeah, it's official. If it's on Twitter, then well, it has just, to be real. I didn't tweet that you were changing your lineup, just that, that those stats that you said, you know, came out of your mouth with some quotation marks around them. Okay. Everything I say has quotation marks around it. It does, yeah. In a little bubble right here above my head. Can't we all see that? Of course. I mean, it, I see it on the video screen. I don't know what you guys are looking at. Let's let's take a let's take a, a, a small pause. Let's take a small pause. <laughs> yep. Cheers. Not to get some more of that beer. It's a good beer. But in order to do so, I, I do have to drink the rest of this, right? That's how beers work couldn't possibly have two at a time. I can do the fun thing of opening it. Do you want to open it? No. No. Good job. I love these kind of bottles. I wish we were making, like, Kahlua or something again this year. Well, there's still time. Not if you want to have it ready by Christmas. No, it would have to be like a uh, like a February party. It would have to be a championship Sunday party, maybe. Oh, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm happy to help out with that. If you want to come to the party, um, send us an application via Twitter. An application. And we will screen them and not invite any strangers. <laughs> That's not very hopeful, you know. I still want someone to send me an application to come to my party. And I would seriously consider it. All right. So, more players to start. We have uh, one more each. Uh, and again, as Jason had mentioned earlier, in case you skip to the middle, uh, which I do a lot, actually, on YouTube videos or podcasts, uh, if I'm not enjoying the content. So, I'm hoping that you didn't do that on our show. I'm enjoying your content, Dave. I have not skipped to the middle of this show. No, but the question is, like, uh, especially on YouTube where you can put, like, you know, little content titles in. Sure, sure. Where it's like, oh, 
they're, they're still talking about Cooper Cup. It's like, guys, Cooper Cup isn't even playing. Do you year. do you do that? Do you put those splits in on our videos? No. Okay. No. But feel free to if you would like to to do that. Okay. It's you know that they're going to come out with funny titles. Something we I could do that. Something we could talk about in the future. Yeah. If I do that, I would be like Dave hiccups over and over again from the chocolate. Everyone hiccuped. Oh God, I was so mad. By the way, uh, to to listeners of our podcast, we we do really appreciate you. Please let us know if you have any comments. Uh, you can email us at Dave at Drink Five or Jason at Drink Five dot com. And of course, for those that are participating in watching things on our YouTube channel, the YouTube channel is called Drink Five, all one word. Uh, please subscribe to the channel and like this video if you get a chance. We would appreciate that. And uh, if you ring the bell, you will get updates on all of the content that comes out from our channel. Thank you. Sky Moore, uh, wide receiver, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, going up against Cincinnati at Cincinnati okay. this particular year. Uh, sorry, this particular week. So, interesting thing about Sky Moore. I want to start at the beginning with rookie wideouts in general. Every year, there's a few rookie wideouts, wideouts that really do well, uh, almost immediately. And and some that seem to come into their own in, in weeks three, four, five, six. Uh, but they're all given the opportunity to excel. All these, these wideouts that kind of break out their first season. Here are the ones that have broken out so far this particular year. Their rookie year. Chris Olave, wide receiver 14, 128.2 points. Unmistakably a fantastic wide receiver this year. Yes, absolutely. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver 23, 111.7 points. And coming on now that it looks like the Jets have a little bit more life. Nah. <laughs> uh, George Pickens. You'll get to that in a minute, I'm sure. George Pickens, wide receiver 38, 91.4 points. Christian Watson, uh, wide receiver 40, 90.5 points. And Drake London, wide receiver 42, 88.3 points. Really funny every year if you're in dynasty leagues or sleeper, uh, uh, sorry, not sleeper, but keeper leagues, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. Talking about rookies, when you're doing a rookie draft or you're considering rookies, um, this year was one of those years where people were like, eh, the draft is not that good. And then when I we feel like every other year people say that. Yeah. And when we but look, every year there's good players. When we look back at it, it's going to be like, that smoking draft. It was amazing. Right. Yeah, because every year the college players get better. There's three really good running backs in this class, too. Yeah, and that's just the ones that have already broken out. Right. And obviously, um, Brees Hall is injured now, but Damian Pierce and um, Walker are both playing very well. And now you have Rashad White, who has his chance to be the RB1 for Tampa Bay. That's true. And, and other uh, running backs as well. You struck while the iron was hot there. Congratulations in Dynasty. On oh, you're trade. talking about a trade. Oh, I appreciate oh, in Dynasty, that. you guys, Dave made a great trade. Did you like Did that? you get White off the waiver wire, or did you draft him? Oh, no, I drafted him. Okay, so but he must have been a late-round pick. Mid-second round. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you turned him around for a first-round pick. I got more than I needed, and then I drafted Kirk. Uh, and then you, and then you got, turned that around for I Kirk. I got Christian Kirk from the first-round pick. So I ended up basically trading Christian Kirk for Rashad White, and if Rashad White other way around, but yeah, well, if if Rashad White turns into like an every week starter for three years, I'll be mad about it. Yeah, but but I don't think he will. Okay, and and so Christian Kirk, I think, will be uh, the WR one for the Jaguars for quite a while. Are you kidding? I'm still holding out in that league for (laughs) the other guy. (laughs) Who's the other guy? Oh God, I hate when I draft rookies and I hold on to him. I can't even remember the damn name. No, Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh, yeah, well. No, I'm happy with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I drafted Trevor Lawrence late in the first round a couple years ago. You know quarterbacks take When I didn't have a quarterback, and he's playing well now. And I'm my tank is going very well. <laughs> my tank is going very well. Congratulations. one more week until I probably wrap up the first overall pick. I've got a bevy of picks in the second round this year, a couple of, an extra pick in the first round next year. You know, I, I, the, the whole idea behind Dynasty, I think, is – to blow it up quickly and rebuild quickly. Well, I would appreciate if you stretch it out, then you're in fucking limbo. You know, we can do some podcasts about these individual sort of like uh, meta subjects that have to do with dynasty or or keeper or redraft. Yeah, but is is it as fun as a tangent? <laughs> uh, I I think it is it is good to embrace what you are as a team, and so if you think that next year you have a chance to make it make everything happen you should get those players if you think that uh this year you have a chance to make everything uh happen we're talking about keeper and dynasty leagues uh you should you know mortgage the farm and get everyone you can if you think if you think that it's going to take two or three years 
then you should sell your players uh, and you should get first round draft picks. And that's the way it should happen. I think in the dynasty leagues that we're in, and there's two of them, uh, I believe, uh, unless you're in like secret dynasties. That I'm secret dynasty. Not aware of. It's going to take over the other dynasty leagues. I, I think it, that would be amazing if that could happen, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to bring my team to a different league. I think it's it's adds this complexity uh, and this year long thing that's so interesting, and it makes it uh, something that doesn't stop, as opposed to just being something that happens for five months or whatever, and then you're mm-hmm. done. Yeah, it's it's something worth talking about in April with your other buddies who are in the league, and then you get to have these summer drafts instead of like an August draft or a September draft. Well, I think we all know that. I like the summer drafts. That fantasy football and sports in general are, are just soap operas for men. Um, oh, of course. And and that's just the way it is. It's more real than wrestling, though. So I like that things are becoming more co-ed, et cetera. Um, you know, you, there are, I'm sure, some some guys out there that are, that are watching soap operas. Well, there's a lot of women that are playing fantasy football. I say I welcome everybody with open arms, please. Sure. Uh, when the, can we do fantasy soap operas? The, the, the happiness and the tears uh, is provided uh, amicably and equally to all, all parties. Okay. Uh, but, but talking about Sky Moore, so we talked about the wide receivers that, good that have been really good uh, so far this year that are rookies. And I mean that's great for those guys and their teams, right? But most receivers achieve success and big breakout games later in the season. Uh, we've talked about this many times uh, in the in the like fourth quarter of the season, right? Which is probably like weeks thirteen to to seventeen. Yeah, um, that is the time in which you see a lot of these rookies actually finally breaking out, absolutely becoming comfortable with their offenses. And in many cases, it doesn't happen until year two or even year three. Talking about Sky Moore, who is the wide receiver 122 with only 23 points, which means he's probably not rostered in the vast majority of any redraft leagues right now. Would you like me to tell you? In our leagues? 49% rostered in Flea Flicker. Yeah, well, Flea Flicker has a lot of dynasty leagues. Oh, yeah. I think that that would be lower in like ESPN or Yahoo. Um, but... But almost always going to be available in your redraft leagues, uh, unless he's on a team that has already given up, which they exist. You know, uh, he's been sprinkled into the offense, but not heavily involved. He's only seen 14 targets through week 10, right? But when we look at the last couple of games, we're seeing a shift in his usage. Now that's due to injuries and it's due to depth chart changes, but it's also due to building chemistry and trust with quarterback Patrick Mahomes. In both weeks 11 and 12, Moore saw six targets and logged five receptions in each game. That's more catches, 10 catches, in two games than he had over the rest of the season. Seven. Yeah. So now he's really starting to, to catch on. And he played in 42% of snaps in week 11, 46% in week 12. Over the first seven weeks of the season, he only played in 30% of snaps. So we're talking about trends. I love trends. I love trends. Playing in more snaps, getting more targets, getting more receptions. Catching five of six of the last two games has got to be a guy that's on the bulletin board that you know is in Andy Reid's bedroom. <laughs> he's like, this guy, Sky Moore, is probably really good. Yeah. Like He's he's going to try to... He's like texting Pat Mahomes, just like, hey, man, yes. I'm here. Yeah, if, you're, if you're asking, is Andy Reid texting Patrick Mahomes? No, 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 is night? Sky Moore texting Patrick Mahomes? No, I think Andy Reid is texting him late at night. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. I assume so. Is Sky Moore? I'm pretty sure Sky Moore at this point is like, please, 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 please. Patrick, you want to go get cheeseburgers? The trainer so, told me no cheeseburgers till the offseason. So I'm not suggesting Moore be inserted as a WR1 or a 2 this week, but I think he's a valid flex play for PPR leagues. I think he should be picked up from waivers with the anticipation of a possible breakout game occurring over the next couple of weeks. Now, if granted, if you're in like a make-or-break-it situation, I might not play him because consistency is valued over – boomer bust but i would consider sky Moore at this point to be a player who is on tilt to have a breakout game of like 120 yards eight receptions you know touchdown i mean honestly if you're in one of those uh positions where like you need to win and you need to pass people in points you can't go for consistent you've got to go for high season. i love the guy the problem is we don't know if it's this week or if it's you know week 15. or if it's in three weeks yeah yeah but it, it looks like it's going to happen and we know, like, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius, Tony, like, all these guys that are on this team, all of them are pretty good, right? 
but uh, that is a team like no other that will ride the hot hand and really actually mean it. Yeah. Um, so what we have is three players who all are free agents in Drink 5 that we are recommending to start. And I like that. I like that we've really reached deep to pick players to start. For the last player that I'm going to recommend to start, not as deep of a reach. I will freely admit that. What's interesting is um, he definitely um, he, he follows the same pattern as A.J. Dillon. He was picked up, cut, and then picked up again by the same team later on. Anyways, Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars playing in Detroit this week. He was one of the key players in the Jaguars' win over Baltimore last week. He gets another fantastic matchup this week against the Lions. I suppose the matchup last week against Baltimore wasn't fantastic on paper, but he turned it into a great performance. He had 11 um, catches for 145 yards. He led the league in receiving yards last week. Mm -hmm. So he's trending up over the last four weeks, better than a three-week trend. He's improving in fantasy points, targets, receptions, and yardage. So he's becoming a key part of the Jaguars' offense and is someone that Trevor Lawrence looks to when the game is on the line. Five receptions in the fourth quarter in Week 12. Two of them were on that very last drive, and he caught the two-point conversion to clinch the win. So I suppose it didn't clinch the win. That win wasn't clinched until um, Justin Tucker came about two yards short of nailing another super long field goal to win the game. Um, so, Jones is going to be, you know, the important complement to Christian Kirk. Traditionally, what you see is a second receiver in a robust offensive system can do very well. For instance, we've seen this in the past. This year, what we're seeing is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. I'm not saying these guys are on that level. But what I am saying is that you can get a really good wide receiver who's producing a lot like Christian Kirk take a lot of attention away from a guy who has a talent that approaches his level and, you know, frees them up on either like, uh, not necessarily like that all teams would play like the best on the best and the second best and the second best. Uh, as far as like secondary versus yeah, I mean, receiving it could be, it could be zone or whatever. If it's man right. to man, you could take more advantage of that. But sure. even if it's man to man, sometimes you stay on one side of the field. But a good offense will move their players around to exploit matchups, and a good defense, you know, is going to have to defeat that. But that's the defense's problem. We're really worried about offense, and the- we're looking at a good matchup here where the Lions don't know how to you know stop anyone really. So what I like here is that he's not necessarily the first guy. So you're not relying on him to do all the production. What you're seeing is that Trevor Lawrence can go through his progression and throw to both guys. He threw he threw the ball nine times to Christian Kirk last week, 14 times to Zay Jones. It's because they're becoming a very big passing offense. They have the ninth most yards gained on offense in the league, and they're throwing the ball more than they're running it. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of in the middle of that. Uh, we, we talked a lot about the run-pass split this year. That yeah, was that was thing. like week four or something like that, yeah. Right, that was a thing that we looked at and really kind of examined, and then what we did is we turned around, you know, we kind of touched on it as we would go through the season and say like, oh, well, this team has moved in one direction or another, or um, this team is doing this, and if you look at their run-pass split, it indicates that, you know, that makes sense. And, and those teams that are closer to the middle? Those teams that are closer to the middle, I think, have the best kind of balance. Mm-hmm. So. The Jaguars are passing the ball 56.7% of the time compared to running it 43.5. That's right in the middle. It's a good place to be, as we've discussed in previous weeks. And is, is enough, right, for uh, for uh, two wide receivers and sometimes even a tight end to be fantasy valid. Absolutely. And there's no one else other than Zay Jones and Christian Kirk who is catching the ball a lot on that team. Engram has a lot of receptions. Does he? That's why I mentioned the tight end. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well. But, I- but as we know about tight ends, they're uh, – Dime a dozen after Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So uh, Zay Jones is going to get the Lions in Week 13. That team is giving up the fourth most points to opposing wide receivers. They have given up an astonishing 17 double-digit point performances on the season. That's only 11 games. If I had a sound effect, I would play it. I don't know what you'd play. An astonishing. The astonishing? I don't know, like maybe uh, the... The curtain being lifted and the crowd going wild or something. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That kind of thing. We do need a sound effect board, though. I'm, I'm investing in one. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted one. 
So there's tons of room for the Jaguars to move the ball through the air in Detroit. It's coming at a time when Trevor Lawrence is throwing the ball very well. Six touchdowns in the last three weeks with no interceptions. He's completing almost 77% of his passes during that stretch. The Jaguars are officially a passing team. If Travis Etienne doesn't play next week, then they're probably going to need to throw the ball a little bit more. It may take a week or two for teams to sort of adjust to not having to um, you know, defend the run quite so closely. So I, I really think that Zay Jones is going to be a good starter this week. Um, and I thought well, an interesting bet, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so we probably won't do it, but would, it would be to um, take the points of the players that we did pick to start, subtract the points of the players that we said to sit, and see who has more left but at the end. Th- we didn't we didn't start with that because you silly. picked Sky Moore and I picked Zay Jones. <laughs> yeah, that seems silly because Zay is probably like WR thirty five, uh, whereas uh, I believe that's correct. Whereas yeah. Sky Moore is, is so he's still be... outside the threshold of where I was looking. Right, but Sky Moore is probably like eighty nine. I, I, I think that's right. <laughs> I did pick Kyron Williams and you have AJ Dillon. No, no, I but get, that doesn't I, balance out. I get it. That doesn't uh, balance. I, I I will always. I'm not going to back down from any uh, gambling opportunity. But then again, you the guy who you have um, is probably more certain to be negative than my guy. Certain to be negative, or not certain to be negative, but certain to score fewer points than the guy I picked. Who you mean uh, for sit? Well, why don't you tell people who you want to sit? Well, let's take another little break let's here. Let's take a little I mean, break. Just a little break. We have to relax our vocal cords, right? Okay. <laughs> my cheeks hurt from smiling. But I like any kind of bets. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I may just like add up the points to figure out what it winds up being. Yeah. It would just be better if they were in some kind of like a window. Sure. Like a spreadsheet. Well, I like Sky more, but like I said, like the the oh, od- if we pick from a, a a range, the odds of him, you know, going from from like yes, five receptions, but like fifty yards and. Uh, oh, I don't think he has more than like six or seven points in any game this year. Well, I disagree. I think he's Did headed he have like twenty-four points on the season. I think he's headed towards a breakout, but I don't know when that's going to occur. So. <laughs> Someday soon, I think is the answer. Okay. The song was written for Sky Moore. Like, when will Sky Moore break out? I when don't will know. Sky Moore break out? <laughs> All right, Dave. Why don't you tell us? Who you want to sit this week? All right, so week 13 sits. I have Mike White, uh, quarterback, New York Jets, of course, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings uh, at the uh, Minnesota this particular week. We talked about him a little earlier today in the context of, uh, of the game that was going on last week with the Bears and, and how they had some issues with, with their uh, defensive secondary. Uh, I'll touch on that again. I, I'm not the only person aboard the. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the only person not aboard the Mike White hype train, uh, which I think is is headed straight into a uh, a stainless steel wall. Right. Yeah. I, I think that the light at the end of the tunnel is another train. I think that it would be wise for people to disembark from this hype train, uh, and I don't understand it because if you look even a little bit into the history of mike white you'll see that this has happened before exactly as it is happening now (laughs) that's correct so uh as i mentioned earlier when talking about aj Dillon's chances of making a positive contribution to fantasy squads the chicago bears defense very diminished uh to start last week's game already against the jets they went on to lose even more uh integral parts of their secondary throughout the match White's success has as much to do with that as it does with anything. This is the same guy, after all, that put up great numbers against Cincinnati last year. This is week 8 of 2021's NFL season. He had 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. That's a large fantasy point game. I think it's probably like between 25 and 30 points, although I didn't record the exact amount. Uh, they followed, 24.8. Followed up that game. Almost exactly between those two. <laughs> Followed up that game uh, against the Colts and Bills with two clunkers, which he racked up one touchdown and four interceptions total in. So the the two games following his 25-ish point performance. Are you talking about last year? Yes. Oh, that was 28. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, I got you. I'm uh, on the same page now. People were chanting Mike White last November, too. 
They were doing the same thing that they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. They were chanting in the locker room. They were chanting in the stands. They were saying, Mike White, lead us not into temptation, you know. Uh, it's, It's a whole Mike White thing. Uh, and apparently we all ate and drank way too much over the holidays last year because we forgot completely that any of this had happened before. So deja vu. We have Mike White again, who has a great game against a depleted defense with good receivers, better than there were there last year, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so better options and no tape on him. No one was really expecting Mike White to come out and you know do what he did. Yeah. Uh, and now nobody expects white bread. <laughs> And, and now we have, uh, you know, a little bit of the same kind of situation as before. You're going to be going up against teams that are are not uh, the Chicago Bears, right? That don't have... Oh, that's the difference. That don't have depleted defenses, etc. But the Vikings are not a great secondary. Don't mistake that that's what I'm saying. They actually are giving uh, the most passing yards allowed across the league this year. 32nd in the league. Yep. But they're a 9 and 2 football team. They are not going to let the Jets and Mike White beat them. They're a really bad At, 9 and 2 football team. I disagree. Okay. I think the Vikings have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Okay, he says. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say to that. All right, I that's, disagree. That's fine. But it doesn't really matter. The point is people are people are chasing points in the situation. They're going after a guy who has done the same thing this year as he did last year. Uh, it's very apparent that the the Vikings employ this bend but don't break philosophy uh, for their secondary, and that has resulted in the most passing yards. However, if you've spent any amount of time looking at games with Mike White in them, uh, half the time he throws the ball, it is like a, a pass to nowhere, <laughs> which is the reason why there are so many interceptions in the follow-up games from last year's successful game. In fact, many people say uh, Lots of interceptions. That that those four interceptions that occurred over those games should have been five, six, seven. Uh, there were like bobbles from the secondary. He threw eight picks in the four games he played last year. It's horrible. It's yeah, just there's horrible. a reason why he didn't start all year. So, He's I think uh, the propensity of Mike White to uh, throw a few wild interceptable balls and the tape that they'll now be able to study from last week and last year from the Jets and from Mike White should lead even the Minnesota Vikings to be a startable defense in fantasy football. A startable defense, the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. I would put them, uh, and I probably will adjust my rankings at some point, but I'm thinking six, seven uh, overall in defense because I'm expecting a pick six from Mike White and a horrible turnout. <laughs> Look, he can throw a touchdown. It's it's been proven that this is a quarterback that is able to toss a ball, but it's also been proven based on his existing performance uh, over the over the past year that we're going to see the same thing that we saw last year, uh, a whole performance that was put on, followed by all of the people weeping because they're Jets fans, and they have to move on to the next quarterback. <laughs> You'd think they'd be used to it by now. So I have him as a QB 18 right now, but I guarantee uh, that his ranking will be inching up closer to QB 10 from all of the rest of the fantasy pundits over the course of the week. He's probably 16, 17 in ECR. I bet you as it gets closer to the the impending doom of this game, it's going to be 15, 14, 13, and people are going to start to put him in their lineups, and it's a mistake, and don't do it. Okay, fair enough. I... I, I have agreed with most of what you said tonight. We don't always do that, but I, I, I'm on the same wavelength as you right now. Should we bet against ourselves? Like, let's do this. Uh, what if we put a bet together where uh, if we're mostly right, then we get to, to do something great. Okay. And if we're mostly wrong, then we have to do something horrible on the next podcast. Okay. And and, and great or horrible is going to uh, be uh, directly... Um, associated with like whatever sort of like uh, uh, food or experience <laughs> that we have to go through on the next week's podcast. Okay, I like that. All right, let's do it. Well, then we just have to determine what what it means. What yeah, what good at, and bad after are. the show? What good and bad equals? Uh, and we'll see what happens. That for doesn't us. sound hard at all. Well, because I agree with you. We have to you know write down what good and bad are. I agree with your um, 
uh, suggestions for these players as well. And so if we're all wrong about everything, then then we deserve to be punished. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. We could like crowdsource like one of our teams. All right. Okay. So Kirk Cousins is my sit. They are, you know, his team is hosting the Jets. Yes. So he had a big week last week, and I did shout him out in my column, giving him some credit. After all, I was um, really hard on him. Going into that last week on the podcast, I think I was saying Kirk Cousins is going to be bad. He's he's been we talked about. He's been good this year. He's been up and down. <laughs> he's not been like always good. He's been good and bad. <laughs> so considering his history in prime time games, I feel like I was justified in you know being cautious about Kirk Cousins. Well, you know when I was praising him, that was back on Monday. After a few days of thought, I'm doubling down on my naysaying of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> And I say, no, Kirk Cousins, he will be bad this week. <laughs> so he's playing the Jets. The Jets are giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They have only given up good games, the Jets have, to top five quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. The only quarterbacks who have played the Jets and had good games. Sauce is pretty good, man. So, Cousins is not anywhere near their tier. He is the quarterback 13 on the season. Mm -hmm. The Jets aren't giving up a lot of fantasy points to any other position. There's no way for him to sort of leech through another player, like throw a bunch of passes to the running back and get him through there. Um, They're not giving up a lot of points to tight ends or wide receivers. The Jets' defense is very good. So Cousins has been up and down in scoring all year. He has not been able to score 18 points in a game and then follow it up with a similar performance. He has a good game. He has a mediocre game. He has a good game. He has a bad game. He has a good game. He has another game that's like a disappointment. That's the way he's playing this year. Last year was the exact same. Almost. He had three good weeks to start the season, and then the entire rest of the season was good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. So if it's only a good, bad trend, last week was good, this week will be bad. But there's a lot of other things pointing to him being bad this week that I totally like see and like would say, you know, those are real things. The Jets being very good on defense, the Jets only, you know, being susceptible to like the most elite quarterbacks in the league. So I think that you sit Kirk Cousins this week, probably even in a two quarterback league, because if you're in a two quarterback league, you should have three quarterbacks. I hope for your <laughs> sake. Uh... So I think you have him ranked 17 this week. Um, and his ECR is like 16. Which is, yeah, lower than his average. So I think everyone agrees with you, myself included, that uh, that he will score lower than average. Yeah. Uh, and I don't so, know. So, you know, the if problem, I got to predict, I say he scores less than 15 points. Really, the problem with Kirk Cousins when trying to determine his ranking is that he has Justin Jefferson on his team. <laughs> so, like... He, so he should do well, but... Well, well, no, I'm saying he could have a really bad game, but throw, like, a... 60-yard touchdown to Justin Jefferson. And then it wouldn't show in his statistics that it was a bad game. This is correct. Yeah, but... Oh, it, if Kirk Cousins didn't have Justin Jefferson, he'd be garbage this year. But they've always had a good receiver over that reign, right? Stephon yeah, Diggs. Diggs and Adam Jefferson. Thielen, now they have TJ Hawkinson. This, the, part of the reason why I think that the Vikings have such a good chance of getting far is because they have good players at every position. And the worst player at any position uh, that they have, not including defense... Is, is Kirk, Cousins. Kirk Cousins, and he's still the number thirteen quarterback in fantasy. So that means he could easily pull a uh, um, uh, why a Carson Wentz. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, no, uh, um, the the guy from the Baltimore Ravens who is oh, a Raven, Trent Dilfer. No, Joe not Flacco. Trent Dilfer. Joe Flacco. He could pull a Joe Flacco and just be amazing in the playoffs one year for, <laughs> and then like just not good after you're that. You're right. The difference between Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco is that Joe Flacco was actually good in the playoffs. Yeah. He, and Trent Dilfer just didn't lose in the game. He was amazing in the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's funny. Joe Flacco still shows up from time to time, turns into a Raven and does really well. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so I think we should, we should do what we suggested, uh, figure out a good bad line for the players, uh, and then uh, punish or reward ourselves based on how well we do. Uh, but I, I do think that you I... mean collectively or individually? No, collectively. Okay, I like that. But I, I agree that I think all of these things that we've mentioned uh, have validity. And and I think uh, 
um, will be reflected in what happens. I try week. not to talk out of my ass on this show. Well, if, I try. If we're wrong on more than like two of these, I would be surprised. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll see. Uh, but uh, but that's the whole point. Is is speculation, right? Uh, uh, I can prognostication. see like Sky Moore and Kyron Williams having like sub double digit performances, but I think that the rest of the players that we've listed are going to do what we said. Yeah, but see, like if if it, Sky Moore has nine points, like that's his best performance. If of the in year. half PPR, like he scores nine points, then that's okay. That's, yeah, that's his best performance of the year, then. Um. Yeah, this is my point. So we mm-hmm. have to figure out what the good bad lines are. Okay. Uh, but yeah, very good. Uh, I I look forward to seeing what that happens. What happens to us uh, <laughs> next show? If you have any suggestions as to what we should do to reward ourselves and what we should do to punish ourselves, please let us know. Uh, one question uh, from Anthony in the uh, in the chat room: Saquon Barkley has had a recent performance dip. Do you think the heavy usage early in the season? Is a concern for the fantasy playoffs? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't think that they're going to stop using him so much. Like his offensive snaps have dipped from like early in the season, mid eighties into the nineties. Now he's in like the seventies, but I think that has a lot more to do with um, game script. They've been losing those games, and um, maybe they are trying to save him a little bit because it does seem like the Giants will be able to make the playoffs this year for the first time in a while. He plays Washington, Philadelphia, and then Washington over the next three weeks. Um, he averages pretty, you know, 100 yards and half a touchdown every game against Washington. Against Philadelphia, they have a really good defense. However, Philadelphia just gave up a ton of points to the Green Bay Packers running backs. Well, I think if, if you look at the fact that they're playing Washington twice in the next three weeks that that is a serious problem for the new york giants uh they really they, they do have a a good defense that has been coming on strong over the past couple of weeks and resulting in a lot of fantasy points a lot of turnovers uh and and not so much on the rushing side of things so uh, to answer his question uh if we're if we think that it is going to be a concern no, we're going to start Saquon Barkley every week, right, Jason? Absolutely. But I, I do, I would consider uh, the fact that over the first eight weeks of the season, uh, he was he was always finishing at uh, RB seventeen or better, uh, and then over the last three weeks that he's played from ten to twelve after the bye week in week nine, um, only one week has he finished better than RB nineteen, and. Uh, in fact, in, in week 11 against Detroit, he was uh, uh, RB40. Yeah. Uh, and so what we can consider is what we mentioned earlier. Running backs played all year uh, uh, tend to uh, show a little bit of wear. Okay. But but I would not ever sit Saquon Barkley as long as he is healthy. Yeah. And, and I think that regardless of the matchup, he is very likely to score a touchdown, which will be a correction for those points that he didn't get otherwise. I agree. I mean, you, you, you're on to something when you say, yeah, it's the end of the season, and he may see a little dip, but that little dip isn't enough to warrant sitting him. Not him. Other players, yeah, but not Saquon. Well, the other question is, uh, when we look at the Giants, like, you know, what what does their uh, division look like, and, and what is their chance of actually making the playoffs? What is their chance of making the play? I think it's pretty good. Um, two, three, four, five, six. So the Giants seven. are seven and four. Yeah. Uh, but they are third in their division because they have the Eagles and Cowboys ahead of them. Yeah. Well, they have games against Washington, Philadelphia, Washington, and Philadelphia. Not not good. Not well, good. they're ahead of Washington still. Yeah, but again, Washington has a good defense. They're playing uh, better. Yes, but the Washington is seven and five. I mean. They're like the same record, basically. Fair, fair. Uh, what a division, though. Seven and five, seven and four, eight and three, ten and one. For a while, what was it? The AFC East was all in the playoffs, and then almost all of the wet, the NFC East is in the playoffs. Yeah, Patriots have dipped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing how this stuff uh, changes from from year to year. 
certainly the Rams have been the most amazing team this year to watch. Oh, sure. Like, epic fail. Amazing Lee bad. <laughs> Bryce Perkins, fantastic quarterback. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, I hope that answers your question. Anthony, uh, we both think you should start Saquon Barkley, and we don't think that those matchups, however bad they are, uh, for them are going to impact the validity of him being a RB1 on your team. Yeah, I agree. They don't. It's not enough to sit him. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, it's been a wonderful show. I can't Legend. wait to see how Legend our so. starts and sits shake out. Right. <laughs> Good luck on your games this week. And you too, sir. Thank you. Cheers, buddy.